You are tuned to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. On today's show, we're joined by Mitch Horowitz, Vice President and Executive Editor at Penguin Random House. Mitch is going to talk to us about Napoleon Hill's work, The Path to Personal Power, as well as How to Own Your Own Mind. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Mitch Horowitz. Good morning, Mitch. Good morning to you. Thanks so much for calling in. Sure thing. So tell me how this all came about, because um, this book, The Path to Personal Power, was first written, what, about 80 years ago? Yeah, 1941, actually. Um, My friends at the Napoleon Hill Foundation, which maintains Napoleon Hill's copyrights, discovered that he had written four books in the year 1941, shortly before the U.S. entry into the Second World War. And with our entry into the war, the economy changed almost overnight. There was paper rationing, transportation changed, everything was rejiggered to accommodate the munitions industry and soldiers who were in training. And the books were forgotten about. And apparently for the next 30 years of his life, he died in 1970, he never revisited them. So these books have sat in a vault, so to speak, and they're seeing the light of day for the very first time now. It's unbelievable it took this long to get this published. So how, yes. <laughs> how did they choose these three lessons to be featured in the book? It's interesting. You know, it was Hill who made the choice himself. Um, And, you know, he was very much a stickler, and rightly so, that you had to do his entire system as he laid it out in Think and Grow Rich, Mm -hmm. which he published in 1937. And you had to do all the exercises. And that's something that I've uh, certainly... Um, voice to people today. I've told people that, you know, if there's a secret to think and grow rich, the secret is you have to do the exercises as though your life depends on it. That level of commitment will really get you someplace. That's been my experience and that of people with whom I'm close. Mm-hmm. But he did feel, uh, Hill felt that there were three exercises that were the gateway to think and grow rich, and those are the ones that appear, appear in the path to personal power. Uh, they are, very briefly, having a definite chief aim, an absolute passionate aim, forming what he called a mastermind group, or what we today would call a support group, and doing more and better work than you're paid for. He felt that those were the kind of golden three uh, that all the other rules uh, sprang from. I like that. And it has such relevance, whether you're an entrepreneur, an athlete, really anybody. Yeah, and that's something I also tell people, especially young people. Uh, some people don't like the title Think and Grow Rich. You know, they think it sounds gauche or materialistic or what have you. Mm-hmm. And Hill made note that you can use this book for any ethical aim, whether you're an artist, an athlete, a teacher, or an entrepreneur, whatever your walk of life, uh, whatever it is you're, you're shooting for, uh, Hill's instructions are really ways to bring ideas into concrete reality. It's a course in how to make things actionable. So you may want to grow rich. You may want to do something else. You may want to get rich doing something. I mean, yeah. he, he was adamant that his, his book was really about taking abstractions into concrete form. I like that his ideas are timeless because the theme of my show is get the funk out. And yes. <laughs> who hasn't been in a funk? I mean, everybody, right. personal, professional. And I feel like these are lessons, you know, how to get through life's challenges. That's, that's my feeling exactly. You know, some people have asked me, gee, if I go and read Napoleon Hill, I mean, this guy's been... 
he started writing his books in the late 1920s. Is the language dated? Is uh, you know obviously there have been revolutions in technology several times over since he first started writing. And I always tell people, do not worry about it because human nature is a constant. Uh, human psychology is perennial. As soon as you start reading the book, within a few lines or a few pages, you'll forget about the fact that it was written in another era because the insights into human nature are as shrewd and as truthful today as when Hill set them down. I mean, we're going to come upon uh, the 100th anniversary soon of Hill's first writings. And the truth is, has human nature changed since Scripture, since Shakespeare? You know, we are remarkably consistent in our strengths and our foibles. And so there is a timelessness to what Hill did. I, I was just going to bring up Shakespeare because people obviously still read Shakespeare and they they take away from it what's applicable to their lives and you know exactly you know human nature is a constant I don't think human nature has changed since humanity first began expressing itself right what is the mastermind principle. The mastermind principle is a step that a lot of people neglect, but that Hill felt was the key to his overall program. He said that you need to form a group. It can be few, as few as two people, uh, but you need to form some kind of a group with a minimum of two people that meets at regular intervals and that supports, reviews, critiques, considers one another's plans and ideas. And there were several reasons for this, but one of them is the fact that He'll believe you have to be very careful about who you share your ideas with. You should act in community. You should not be isolated, and you should have relationships with other people. But you've got to choose the right kinds of relationships so that you're not just soliciting kind of cheap opinions from people. When you need advice, when you have a problem, go to people. But you have to choose carefully the people you go to. So that's one of the several functions of what he called the mastermind. That's great advice. I mean, I've had people on my show that are... They're wanting to start a business, but they have this think tank group that is very honest with their advice and helps guide them, and they can bounce ideas off of one another, and it's it's very, very helpful. Yeah, that's a mastermind. That's it in a nutshell. Now, your background is you're a writer and a publisher. Yes. With a lifelong interest in man's search for meaning. Uh, you're a, an award winner, the Penn Award, author of yes. Occult America and One Simple Idea. And tell me more about your writing. Well, I'm a historian of alternative spirituality. Um, My definite purpose, to use Hill's term, is to write about metaphysical experience, both in history and in people's individual day-to-day lives and encounters. So I I write about it from from both perspectives. I take very seriously the prospect of self-help, spiritual self-help, the power of spiritual and ethical ideals and philosophies to rearrange a life. And so I write about those movements, uh, both historically, but also how these ideas play out in the lives of individuals, including my own. Would you say that writing has helped you through personal funks, professional funks? I mean, how is it how is how did it all come about being a writer? Well, you know, it's funny. I didn't publish my first book, which was Occult America, until I was in my mid-40s. Today I'm 51. Mm-hmm. And so in that regard, I consider myself a laboratory of Napoleon Hill's theories because I thought I had left writing behind. I had settled into a reasonably comfortable life in publishing. And I thought, well, you know, I'm going to busy myself with working on other people's writing. And my own had been left behind, or so I thought. But right. as I entered 
entered my late 30s, I rediscovered writing, and that continued uh, to the point where I began publishing books of my own, articles of my own. I've since written on these topics for the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, a wide variety of other places. And this was a career I thought I had left behind. So, in a sense, it's not so much the writing itself that proved therapeutic, but actually returning to writing was a kind of breakthrough that affirmed my belief in these ideas that concepts of self-development, including spiritual self-development, can work, and they can work revolutions in a person's life. And I think of myself as an example of that. I think that's great. Um, Before we wrap up, I do want to touch on How to Own Your Own Mind, also by Napoleon Hill. Yeah. You want to talk about that a little? Yes, that's that's another of the books he wrote in 1941. A lot of people think, because of the title Think and Grow Rich, that Napoleon Hill's program is strictly one of affirmations, visualization, meditations, and so on, and that's part of his program. But he also believed very strongly in accurate research, organized thinking, following through very carefully and meticulously on plans. You know, he believed that your imagination, while it's a vital tool, cannot be used in a vacuum. And he was very definite about the need for research and organized planning and applied thinking. And that's what that book is about. And that book develops a theme that I alluded to earlier, which is the importance of distinguishing between different kinds of information, the quality of different kinds of information, not getting sucked into the opinions of random people here and there, but really looking for information that's going to build your sense of ideas, give you things to explore and apply, and not just getting trapped and kind of talking about your ideas in this random way or allowing things into your thought process or your career plan that may be irrelevant or may be coming from sources that are really not uh, going to be helpful to you. Right. I found this one to be really intriguing as well, because sometimes our thoughts are all over the place, and we don't know where to start. We, we think we want one thing, and then we want to, we're down another path. Yes. And having a definite chief aim is so much at the center of Hill's program for that very reason. And Hill also cautions people, and this is just an invaluable part of his work, and this figures into the mastermind concept. You have to be very careful not to talk about your plans to just anyone, because you can talk about your plans to the wrong person, receive opinions from somebody who doesn't know anything about your field or your specialty or your art, and it can disrupt your equilibrium. And that's not something to put yourself through. Talk to people. Have relationships but choose them carefully and and make them of your own reckoning. I agree. I also feel like all it takes is one person to just say, you know what, your writing is not really up to par, and then all of a sudden you're like, who who am I kidding? I I can't be a writer. Yeah, and and everyone has had that experience. I suspect all of your listeners have had the experience of, you know, sitting at the Thanksgiving table and striking up a conversation with your Uncle Mike, you know, only to be told that there's something wrong with your plans. But Uncle Mike doesn't know, and opinions, as he'll put it, are the cheapest commodities on earth. (laughs) You need to seek out people and resources that are really reputable, that are really going to be useful to you. Yes. Now, you are with Penguin Random House. Yes. You've got some incredible writers. I've had many of them on my show. You know, they're outstanding. I just want to. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, we're proud of our (laughs) our circle here. Yeah, the roster just keeps growing and growing, and I love having them on. And um, I feel like the position you're in, it's like this lifelong learning, you know, for you, and it must be incredible. It's been wonderful in many, many ways. I'm especially lucky that the kinds of books that I publish, which tend to be 
metaphysics, self-development, body, mind, spirit, uh, coalesce uh, very neatly and harmoniously with the very topics I write about. In fact, I began to publish so many people from the American metaphysical tradition that I started thinking, there's no one who's really told the story of some of these people. Some people are the same vintage as Napoleon Hill, and that's what got me initially writing as a historian. I felt like the the story and the background of these movements and these people needs to be written, and written from a perspective of a historian who really shares their values or understands their values, and that's what got me started in on my own writing. So it all intermingles. I think it's fantastic. If people Thank you. want more information about you, should they go to MitchHorowitz.com? That's the place. They can just throw my name into Google. Okay. Um, very easy to find. My real email is on my website. I actually answer it. So, you do? <laughs> uh, I'm easy to reach. All right. And you're also on Twitter at Mitch Horowitz. That's right. Fantastic. Any last bit of advice for people that you know, are trying to get it together as writers or creatives? The most heartfelt advice I would give anyone is the advice I've followed myself and the advice I offer my own family members. Nothing is more important than having an absolute, definite aim, a really passionate aim on which you're focused without any reservation. Start there, start there, and everything else will flow from that. I love that. Thank you so much for calling into the show, Mitch. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Have a great day. Thanks. That was Mitch Horowitz. He's vice president and executive editor at Penguin Random House, where he publishes authors, both living and dead, including David Lynch, Manly P. Hall, and he's a Penn award-winning historian and author of Occult America, One Simple Idea, How Positive Thinking Reshaped Modern Life. He's written on everything from the war on witches to the secret life of Ronald Reagan for the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, Salon, and Time.com. If you want to find out more information about him, you can visit my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kci.org. We'll take a little break, and then we're going to be joined by the band Con Brio. They're coming up in just a bit. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock, and KUCI is on Twitter at KUCI-FM. We're also on Instagram at KUCI-FM and Tumblr, blog.kuci.org, and on Facebook at KUCI 88.9.